Uh, I want to talk a moment about wait up. Wait up. When I was a kid, um, we ran around outdoors a lot. And one of the things, one of the things is, as I would go about outdoors, sometimes I would be younger and smaller than the others. And so I would be running hard to try to catch up and I would yell, hey, wait up, wait up, wait up for me. But in the Lord, we can all wait up because we can rise up with wings as eagles and run and not grow weary. There is a way to wait up in the Lord that doesn't keep you all bogged down in the stuff. So I want to turn your attention now. We'll look at Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28 through 31. Wait up. Not just wait in a passive way, but I mean move up to a bigger, better life. Isaiah chapter 40. Uh, start in verse 28 through the end of the chapter, verse 31. The question is presented by the Lord, speaking, of course, through Isaiah. And he says, do you not know? Have you not known? Have you not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, we're talking about the Almighty, he does not faint, neither is he weary. He didn't say he grows weary, he's not weary. Never, ever, not ever. He is not weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He gives power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth, even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. You know, there's times when all of us, and certainly as we get older, we get weary and we faint. And we sort of... Just feel like we don't have the energy. You know, I, I remember when my kids were little and they would be running around playing and there would be several uh, older adults maybe at a church where I was at a conference or even with our family. And the older ones, of course older than me, <laughs> would say, they would say, Whoo, I wish I had half the energy they have. You know, like that they'd say. And I used to wonder, what are they talking about? But we all have our moments. We all have times in life and certainly stressors of life and pressures of life and problems of life that cause us to grow weary and become faint. We just, we just begin to give out. And we don't necessarily understand what it is or why it is, but one thing we know, we ain't got what we used to have anymore. It's just not there. Right. Something's missing. Somewhere, somehow, somebody's pulling the plug on me. You know? And I don't like it. I don't like it. And so we say it is what it is for good reason. But the reality of that is that doesn't matter because there is a solution to this exhausting, exacerbating, frustrating, and sometimes debilitating time in your life. And that answer is found right here. So let's revisit. Verse 30 is the most uh, gripping part of the whole thing from the problem side, it says, even the youth shall faint 
and be weary. And the young men shall utterly fall. And the young men shall utterly fall. You know, you, you wouldn't think looking at youth, because they seem to have so much energy and so much stamina and so much just motivation, they just go and go and go. But when he says even the youth shall grow weary and faint, he's saying all of us, all of us have our limits. Have our limits. And he's saying in spite of that, in spite of that, there is a solution. I had the privilege on many occasions of going to Indonesia and teaching the Bible schools, the seminaries, and while I was there on one occasion, as we were in the classroom and my fellow minister was there, Tracy, and and he was talking about the time where uh, Jesus approached the lame man and he, he walked over to him, walked out into the room and reached out his hand and said, in the name of Jesus... Well, actually, that was Peter, I guess, wouldn't it? Rise up and walk. But Jesus did that, too. He just took him by the hand, and they lifted up, and off they went. So, the thing is this. The thing is this. What my friend didn't know was that person, that young person, that young man, that young, zealous man for the Lord, had become weary and faint. He was a young man, and yet he had utterly fallen. He had had health problems for several weeks, gotten so bad, he concluded, this is the last, and this is the end. He said, I'm, I'm dropping out of school. I'm forgetting about the ministry. He said, I guess I failed God. For sure, he said, God failed me. Because here I did what he called me to do, and now I'm weak and faint and frail, and, and I just can't go on like this anymore. Now, my pastor friend Tracy had no idea about this. But the Spirit of God prompted him to go to that person, which in fact was down the aisle several, several places down in the classroom. And when he got to that one person, that's the one he reached out to. And as soon as he took him by the hand, the healing presence of the Lord Jesus came upon that young man, and he was restored whole instantly. When he stood up, he had renewed strength, a strength not of his own, but a strength of the Lord. And when that happened, it began to stir an atmosphere of the presence of the Lord. It began to release faith. The other students, knowing how he had been, once they got the word of what happened to him in that session, a revival broke out on that campus. And the Lord's people began to believe and receive what they said with their mouth and what they knew in their head. They suddenly began to believe God. They suddenly began, began to trust the Lord. Yeah, sure. The youth become faint. Young men fall. But there is a presence and a power in the Lord Jesus Christ that supersedes all that. And so Jesus, when they were talking about Lazarus being dead, he says, but don't you get it? I am the resurrection. I am the life. He that believes in me. Not just a mental ascent, oh, I believe in God. No, he that believes in me, exercises faith in me, entrusts himself to me, and then steps out on faith, trusting I will make a way where there is no way. That's the living Christ. That's the resurrected Christ. That is the power of the living God. And he's saying to us today, 
Yes, you're weary. I understand you're faint. Sure, you're going through some things that are discouraging and depressing. Yeah, I get all that. But that's how you feel on the human side. But what about, yes, I am, we saying. What about, yes, I am? It's not just, if he says I am, I am. No, he has said you are because you are. Why? Because he made you a new creation and imparted to you the very life of Christ. So you are what you are and you are who you are because of the one in you who has now become your very life. Your very life. That's why you can say in the song, I am, I am, I am. Jesus declared, I am. And everybody shook and they were so frustrated. How dare you? But he knew, if you've seen me, You've seen the Father. And because of Christ in us, we can boldly say, without any fear or or trepidation, we can say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. So, in Mexico, this this gathering of God's people, and, and we were talking about who we are in Christ, and we were righteous in Christ, that is, the best we can be. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Amen. He only makes the best. Yeah. When He makes us new creations, He makes us the best mm-hmm. because we're creations in Christ. And Christ is the best. And when we become one with Him, we become the best that we can be. Yeah. And so this young boy there in, in Mexico was sitting there listening to all of this. Twelve years old. Twelve years old. And I said to the congregation at the end, okay, you say, you say, I believe the Bible. You say, I believe God can do anything. You say, I believe Jesus is Lord. You say, what the Bible says is true. But the Bible has said, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Not becoming a new creation, but he is. And then he goes on to say, because of that, he who knew no sin, our Lord Jesus himself, in in 2 Corinthians 5.21, He became sin for us. He became what you were, sin, in order that you might be made, not becoming, but made the righteousness of God in Christ. He who saw us in our lowest and most disgusting state as sinners took us and changed us into new creation so that now we who were once sinners are now saints. We who were once dead in sin have been made alive in Christ and we who were once ungodly have now been made righteous in Him. Lord, You are my righteousness. Now, who would declare that? And the young boy, looking around, wondered, why aren't these big, wise adults who have taught me and told me all this stuff about the Bible, why aren't they standing up to say with God, which is, you know, the word confess means, say with God. Say with God. Just say what God says. Just say what God says. He didn't understand that. But one thing he knew, I know who I am because I believe God. I know who I am because I've seen it in the Word of God. And I believe God's Word is true. And he stood up and in that soft, gentle, decisive voice said, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am righteous in Christ. I am I am. I am. Thank you, Lord. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They that wait upon the Lord. 
Because he gives power to the faint and to them that have no might, he increases strength. Power to the faint. See, when you're faint, you're lacking power. When you have no might, you're in need of strength. Not just physical strength, not just mental strength, not just emotional strength, but spiritual strength. That which undergirds us at the core of our being. That which takes us from the inside and moves through us to the outside. And that's transformation. Transformation is the change that occurs on the inside and, uh, and then it's expressed on the outside. It means from the inside out. A change of form. So... In 1983, while I was at Bible Pathway Ministries in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, there was a missionary came through, that is to say, a soon-to-be missionary, and he was, of course, on mission for God, where he was, to be certain. But he was about to go to China. And in 1983, China was the kind of place you had to be very careful about, and perhaps today as well, but only some that are from there would know. At any rate, at this time in history... It was a very, very dark and dim time. Communism was dominant in the world. Everybody was running scared from the USSR, from the communists around the world. They were invading every area and they were terrified. And this man knew God had called him to go to China. So, in our conversation with him, we said, well, how can we pray for you? He said, oh, that's easy. Pray for power. Pray for power. He said, I need power. He said, I'm going to a place and I don't know, but I've heard stories that I'm afraid. He said, I'm very afraid. The closer I get, the more fearful I become. In fact, I'm not sure I even have the courage to go. Pray for power. Pray for power. Pray for power. And then he said, I have these little post-its. You know what those are, little tags, and you stick them around. And he, he would write on his post-it, Pray for power. He would write on his post-it, I need power. And he would put them in the bathroom, in the kitchen, in the bedroom, on his car. Pray for power. I mean, here's a guy that's serious. Because you see, he knows he's about to step out of the boat. And if Jesus isn't there, if the presence of God isn't there, if the power of God won't sustain him, he's done for. He's potentially gone. He's all by himself on another side of the world that's not friendly in the name of Jesus. They're not embracing Christianity as we know it. And he's going to share good news. But right now, it didn't feel so good to him. You know, In fact, it does not feel good at all. Pray for power. And we said, friend, you've come to the right place. Because we're going to do you one better. He said, what's that? We're going to introduce you to the source of power. You're asking God for something he's already given you. You're asking God to do something for you. He's already done for you. You see, power is a person. And that person is Christ. And you have declared that you've received Christ as your Lord and Savior. And you're on mission for the Lord, Jesus Christ. So the power is already there. You've got it. You just don't know what you got when you got Christ. You don't know what happened to you when you became 
a new creation. But when that happened, you received the source of power. And the Spirit of Christ in you, the power of the Holy Spirit is now readily available to you. You've got to see it for what it is, see yourself for who you are, and then simply believe God for what He's already done for you. The power is in the person, and the person is in you. So all the power of God is in Christ, available to you through Christ. And your privilege is simply to say, Lord, I believe and I receive. Thank you for your power through your presence in me. There is the source of power. So, from the New Testament perspective on this this passage, it's not just something He momentarily does for us, but it's something He has permanently made available to us when He gave us Himself. When Christ gave us Himself, He imparted His life to us, which means the power of Christ is resident in you. All the strength you need, all the power you need is in you. And He was so excited, and He said, Okay, I'm ready because now I know what that scripture means when it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Not just wishful thinking, not just some hopeful maybe so, but a reality. I really can do all things because the source of my strength is Christ in me. The Lord is the strength of my life. The Lord is the strength of my life and of yours in Christ. That's the presence and power of the Lord. That's who He is in you. And that's what He's going to do through you. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Wait upon the Lord. And so many tell me, that's my biggest problem is patience. I'm just not inclined to wait. I know I need to wait on the Lord. I just... I, I don't know, I just, I just, that's hard for me to do. Waiting, understand, is not passivity. It's total dependency upon a source other than your own. It's not about you relying upon your own human strength, your natural talent, or your amazing abilities. God-given, to be sure. But it's about waiting on the one in you who alone can and will do His good and perfect work through you. If you will simply wait upon the Lord. Rely upon the Lord. Trust fully and completely in the Lord. That's waiting on the Lord. That's a life of total dependency. It's a life of rest. It's a life of rest. Wait upon the Lord. And so, on that same uh, mission, uh, when I was in that Bible school I told you about in Indonesia, well, the backstory of my friend Tracy was that that morning I was lying in bed so sick he thought I was going to die. I now know I had malaria, and I had it very, very bad. I had a severe case. I was running extremely high fever. We had no thermometer, but it was very high. Um, I had turned white like a sheep. I'm already kind of white, but I was really white. And, <laughs> and my urine, sorry to say, TMI, but nonetheless, it was very, very yellow, and it stunk very, very bad. I mean, I had some serious stuff going wrong with me. My body was so weak. I felt nauseous. I couldn't eat. I ached all over, and the pain was excruciating. Now, every time it was my turn to speak, by the grace of God, I would by faith rise up, walk across the courtyard and teach. Although I leaned quite heavily on my pulpit or whatever stand they had for me there. But that morning, while I was lying there so weak, and Tracy was saying, 
I sure wish I had the gift of healing. And then I'd pray for you so you could be healed. Because he said, I, I really, I, I just keep begging you, go to the doctor. Of course, I'd seen the hospitals over there in these remote areas, and it didn't look too inviting. So as my dad said years ago, when he was on his deathbed, I'll take my chances with the Lord. That was, good. That was a good plan, because my dad lived to be 89. <laughs> At the time he was sick, he was about 40. So I'd say that's a good plan. Take your chances with the Lord. <laughs> if you go, praise God, it'll be good. And if you stay, well, thank you, Lord. A little more time to share the good news. So I was lying there, so sick, so weak, I could barely talk. And I said, well... If that's your heart's desire, brother, I'll pray for that for you right now. So I, he reached over and came over to me and held my hand as I was lying there just zonked, you know. And I just said, Lord, I thank you that Christ is in my brother, that your spirit is in him. He's open to the fullness of your spirit. So just not only fill him with your spirit, but release the gifts of your spirit through him and allow the gifts of healing to be ministered through him to others that are hurting and need to know Jesus is real. He is Lord and he is alive. This is not just some sweet little lullaby story we tell a kid at night. We're talking about a reality that changes lives for eternity. So I prayed that prayer. Well, of course, he prayed for me. <laughs> thanks, for, for, thanks for all prayers. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. So, so be it, Lord. One of these days, you know, not even knowing what had just happened. So then he, he went over to the, to the conference, and I went over with him. And we think I spoke first, then it was his turn. And that's when he walked out, and in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And suddenly, the gift of healing was released through him, and a man was healed because of that. And that was not the last. But I'm saying... Waiting on the Lord is pivotal. Because unless the Lord builds the house, we labor in vain. And this is the house. Get it. When Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you, he wasn't talking about some chummy place up in heaven where there's streets filled with gold. Sure, he may have amazing place up there somewhere for you. But the house is here and now. Who comes to reside in you? What do we call this body? The temple. The dwelling place. The residence of the Lord of glory. Amen. He prepared a place, alright, right here. So, I saw that happen with Tracy, and it stirred faith in me. So that night, we were scheduled to go out into one of the villages to preach. And I'd been so sick... I mean, I did go the night before, but I almost fell off the bench and I had to go over and lean against a wall. Thank God for a wall, because the bench wasn't like these for sure. It was just a little piece of wood. The Lord said, tonight you're going to go and preach. Now, I'm still sick and getting sicker, feeling weaker and weaker and weaker. I can barely move. And i got to go ride in an automobile on these rough roads. We're talking about some serious bouncing. This is not some luxury auto like maybe you have. Virtually no springs. No cushion. <laughs> the seats are wore out. Who knows what? And the road is rough. But the Lord has spoken. And I believe God. For God has said, go and share the Lord. So I got to my destination. Praise God, survived that far. Kind of just leaning over there in the, in the chair, just barely hanging on. And it was my turn to speak. But as I'm sitting there talking to the Lord about all this, and I'm having this conversation, I'm saying, Now, Lord, what do you want me to preach on? And he said, I want you to preach on faith. On faith. 
I said, well, Lord, if I'm preaching on faith and they take one look at me, they're going to think, this guy doesn't have any faith. Look, he's, he's practically, what we call it, death warmed over. You know? <laughs> I mean, it's my gosh. I don't even know if the guy's alive or not over here. He's, he looks like he's just sort of a, a mannequin or something. You know? I mean, he's, he's a mess. And I did look really bad. I mean, unkempt hair. I mean, the whole business. I mean, who, who knows what I looked like? I didn't even see myself in the mirror to dress. I mean, it was a disaster. I, 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 anyway. So I'm saying, now, Lord, okay, I get you. I'm going to preach on faith. I'm just saying, just saying, Lord. You know, it's, it's, it's really, shall we use, cool how you can be real with the Lord. So I'm just saying, Lord, I don't know about this, but you've spoken. Yes, Lord. That's my, my response. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. So I stood. I began to teach on the passage on, on faith and Abraham and Sarah, and they hoped against hope, and... And I'm reading these scriptures and I'm telling them all these great things about what God has done, past tense, while I'm standing here, death warped over, you know. <laughs> and then, like that, immediately the sickness left, energy returned, and I had renewed strength. I was waiting on the Lord, but in His time and in His way, He makes His presence and power known. So part of waiting on the Lord is waiting on His time and on His way. And when we do that, we will rise up. We will rise up. But by faith, we rise up anyway. See, I rose up out of that deathbed. I rose up by faith. I got in the car. One step at a time in great pain every step. I, I moved forward. I sat there in that place feeling like I was going to just pass out any minute, but I kept going. One step at a time. And then suddenly, my faith became sight. Because of the one I had put my faith in, the Christ, the living Lord Jesus Christ. He, he, he did it. He did it. He will do what you need, when you need it, where you need it, how you need it, but he will do it. If you'll just let him, just wait upon the Lord. Cease from your own efforts, Hebrews 4.10 says. Just cease. Just give up trying to figure it out. Give up trying to work it out. Give up trying to do it. Lord, I am yours. Now you have your way with me. Be yourself in me. Live your life through me. Just do it, Lord. Just do it. Father, we praise you that our privilege is to wait upon you. We're not talking about some passive life here. We're talking about you energizing us for the supreme life, the life which is Christ. Lord, as you walk this earth with such an awesome uh, uh, presence and power about you, Lord, you in us, that same life available to us. You want to walk out that same life through our feet. Speak out through our mouth. Work out through our hands that same wonderful, glorious, awesome life that you might be glorified because I am what I am by the grace of God and for no other reason.